I think it's good for us to admit that it's not particularly pleasant to have a king who rules from a cross. It can be at times a little bit embarrassing, right, that we follow, that we serve a king so weak, so seemingly defeated. We might actually sometimes, and if we're honest about it, I think it happens, be like the rulers and the soldiers and one of the criminals. The rulers who sneered and the soldiers who jeered and that criminal who reviled Jesus. I think in our lowest moments, sometimes that's the way that we turn to the Lord and we say, why can't you just be stronger? Why can't you make it so clear to people that they just have to believe in you? Why is it that I am left out on a limb where I'm trying to convince my family member and they look at me like I am foolish? Like I am just the most ignorant person because I'm still going to church. Why is it, Lord, that you allow them to hate you? Why is it that you don't make it so abundantly clear that everybody would believe? Why do you let yourself look weak when it seems that what we're supposed to be doing is showing how strong we are? Well, it's reflecting on the weakness of our king that gives me such a profound joy. It's what sets this feast apart from any other uh, triumphant expression of celebration that you see uh, for kings of this earth. There it's always showing their great power, showing their invulnerability. How many fictions have been created to be able to show how the leaders were so great? In our own country, There was this great fiction created when one of our leaders couldn't walk, FDR, right? For a while, the White House lied to the people saying, oh, no, 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 he doesn't have anything. He could walk just fine because there was this sense that your leader had to be strong. Your leader had to show no weakness, not be vulnerable at all. And yet real strength is when you're willing to show your weakness. And say, yeah, I have a deeper strength than this. Real strength is to be able to be mounted on the cross and say, I'm still in control. It seems like I'm defeated, but I have a deeper trust that will, in fact, be victorious in the end. Why Jesus being weak on the cross and ruling from that great splintery uh, throne, why that gives me joy is because it means I don't have to hide my weaknesses before him. Because I can be triumphant in my weakness. With a God such as this, who is willing to say, yeah, yeah, go ahead, revile me, sneer at me, jeer at me. I'm not going to make it so abundantly clear to everybody that they have no choice. No, I'm going to make it difficult to believe, in fact. I'm going to say you have to go out on a limb in order to believe in me. Because he wants us to freely choose that. He doesn't want it to be so abundantly clear, like 2 plus 2 equals 4, that we have no choice in the matter. That we don't have to make any kind of an action of faith in order to draw closer to him. Because then we would just be robots and automatons. No, he wants us to have to reason our way to there being a God. To use these instruments and to ask those tough questions and to be able to then use our relationship with him to ask him those tough questions and say, God, 
I get it, okay? You didn't save yourself. Why, don't, why can't you save me here? Right? You see that, that cry of that reviling criminal, and you might hear your own voice echoing. At least for me, I do. How many times has my cry to the Lord been, God, why don't you just save me from this? Do you not care? Do you not care that I'm going through this? Do you not care that this is so difficult? But God is willing to have that kind of an exchange with us. Because it's in those moments that we can change from being that reviling criminal to being the humble one. To where once we accept that God is so loving that he will not take himself down from the cross. When we realize that he is utterly unconcerned with the the metrics of power that this world offers. He doesn't care if the world thinks that he's strong or thinks that he's weak because he knows his strength. He knows that he is greater than the world. Once I'm willing to accept that, that he's not going to save himself from the suffering. Rather, he's going to go directly into it so that he can meet me there. That's when I can transform from being the thief that is reviling Jesus, saying, if you're the Christ, you should save yourself and save us too. From just complaining to him about how my life is so difficult and why is he not doing what I think he should do. I can change to be that other criminal who says, Lord, remember me when you come into your kingdom. To have the humility to be able to say, Indeed, we have been condemned justly, for the sentence we received corresponds to our crimes, but this man has done nothing criminal. If I am willing to look beyond whatever I'm going through at this moment, to be able to see and behold in awe this God who is willing to go to such lengths to show me his love, that he, he is willing to not use his power in order to demonstrate his love. Then I have the humility to be remembered in his kingdom. And not only to be remembered in his kingdom, but to reign with him there. Because he indeed rules triumphantly. His first moment of glory was upon that cross because there we saw the glory of love. Because love is indeed more glorious than power. Power fades. Right? Power is going to die. I don't care if you end up somehow... getting the entire world on your side, right? To become the first worldwide dictator of all things in existence. You're going to breathe your last. Your power is going to die with you. The one thing that could endure is love. And that's the one thing that does endure, is that love shown in the cross, then brilliantly shining forth in the resurrection, and now forever at the right hand of God the Father. That love incarnate that is Jesus Christ. He is our king. And we can only let him reign if we become like that humble criminal who says, yeah, I get it. I, I don't deserve all of the best things in this world. I, I mean, I, I, I get it. There have been plenty of times, God, that I have turned away from you, that I have been treacherous, that I have known what was the right thing to do and I decided to do the other thing. I know that I haven't been a loyal servant. I have not been a great citizen of the kingdom of heaven, but I know that by your love I can be. And so I just ask that you give me the grace to be able to embrace my weaknesses and give them to you so that you can work your power within them. 
So what does that look like practically? Because up to this, it, it could just be nice words. Practically speaking, that means we stop hiding from God where we're weak. Too often we do that. We, we talk to God like we talk to a professor when we were asking for an extension. Like, oh, uh, I have some stuff going on and I was writing the paper, but I, the, a few things got in the way. And I just need to put some finishing touches on it. Meanwhile, you haven't even opened Microsoft Word, right? You haven't started it, but you're just stalling for time. You're just so nervous that you're going to be found out by this authority figure. God's not that kind of ruler. He's not that kind of king who is scandalized by your weakness or upset at you for being limited. No, rather, he says, I know your limits better than you do. I am intimately aware of your weaknesses, and I just want to be invited into them. Look, I became weak for you. Can you admit you're weak for me? And can you let me reign in your weakness? Can you let me shine my glory through your wounds? So on this day that we celebrate Christ the King, let us become loyal subjects of so great a king by at this Mass giving him our weaknesses. Not hiding them from him, but instead saying, yeah, I struggle with this. And I'm really mad about that. And really, I've been upset with you over this. Because that's a totally different thing than sneering and jeering and reviling. There, it's them getting mad at him for not acting. It's there that they are doubting whether he is the king he claims to be. Whereas when king is also dad, I can come to him with my frustrations. I can say to him, God, I'm mad at you for this. Why did this have to happen that way? And when we ask that why, it isn't this this demanding an answer, but rather just showing that weakness that we have in understanding of saying, "I, I really don't get it and I wish that I did. It's coming before him as we are. Because he was willing to mount a cross for love of us. That love he showed reigns today. It reigns for all eternity. But it will only reign in our hearts if we allow it to. If we bring before God our weakness. If we come before him as we are. And as we thus proclaim him as King of Kings and Lord of Lords. And to him be glory and honor forever and ever. Amen.